when sellers of these large complex go to sell, there's a bit of financial engineering that can be done on the profit and loss statement. So if you've never looked at a profit and loss from an apartment community, then it's like many other businesses. You have your top line revenue, some vacancy, some bad debt, and then you come down or lost to lease. If you're a residential real estate agent earning $200,000 a year and you want to grow your passive income, this show's for you. Learn the secrets other agents use and hear from experts in our field in order to guide you along your journey to investing in assets like apartment communities so that you can turn your commissions into cash flow. I'm Randall DeCleared. Let's go, baby. All right, all right, agents, welcome back. I am excited for another quick hit episode here. I want to talk to you about something that I saw on some profit loss statements recently when reviewing a deal. So I know that we talk a lot about agents to the broker side of the business, how you can grow your active income so that you can start investing in some deals like what we're looking at here. And so a lot of the interviews that I've been doing recently are all geared towards that. This is more geared towards you know the multifamily side of it. And so when you're looking at a profit and loss statement, one thing that I noticed, and it's a pretty big deal, is when sellers of these large complexes go to sell, there's a bit of financial engineering that can be done on the profit and loss statement. And so if you've never looked at a profit and loss from an apartment community, then it's like many other businesses. You have your top line revenue, you have some vacancy and some bad debt, some other things that you can take out of the top line, and then you come down or lost to lease. You know, If you're trying to rent for $1,000 a unit, and yet the actual rents you're getting are 900. So you're going to have a loss to lease of 100 per door, right? That's what that means. But anyway, you're going to have all the revenue top line and what's coming in the door, other income, and then you're going to have all your expenses, just like any other business. And then you get your net operating income. And so what happens and what I noticed when I'm underwriting deals and why it's so important when you're going through an underwrite to put your own assumptions in and, you're, and you kind of normalize the expenses and is because... What happens when a seller goes to sell, they may have some standard contract services. Maybe it's landscaping. Maybe there it's an HVAC guy that comes into the property and maintains some of the units, the air conditioning units. It could be a number of those things. We're proud to be sponsored by Ridgeline Investment Group. Ridgeline has a track record of transacting more than 53 million in assets throughout Texas. Ridgeline's currently looking to acquire 100 to 200 unit class B multifamily communities between five and 20 million in San Antonio, Temple, Waco, Tyler, and other Texas secondary markets. To learn more about Ridgeline Investment Group, visit www.ridgelineig.com. And when you're going to sell, you want as few expenses up on above the NOI line as possible. And so if you have some money in your reserves account as an operator, you might start putting those things as capital expenditure items, which means they go below the net operating income line, which thereby increases the net operating income and makes it look like the property is performing with fewer expenses than it really has. And so I noticed that and it's common practice, I guess. I don't know, but it seems as though it's the rationale there is, okay, we're going to sell it for more and hopefully somebody doesn't pick up on that. It's not an ideal scenario or way to, to handle, I guess, because then you're messing with your books and it just seems like a lot to do to 
to try to get a higher price, right? For when it really is not performing the way that you're presenting it. So I noticed that that was to me, not the way that I will run projects that we have. That's not the way that I think should be done, but it's why when you're looking at an underwrite on the front end, why you should certainly add back in those expenses. So if I know a 75 to a hundred unit property typically sees, you know, 10 to $20,000 a year in contract services. And yet this property has none of that. Okay. We're going to add it back in and just know that that's an expense that needs to be added into it. So I've seen that a number of times that, and then when looking at some of the broker provided prospectuses on these properties, sometimes they're not infallible. There's real estate taxes are missing or property management is missing. And so you really got to be cognizant of those things that could come up and add those things back into your underwrite so that when you're looking at your deal, your numbers are actually what is happening at the property or what you will likely expect to see. There's no way you're getting out of property taxes. So if that's not in there, obviously you need to put it in there. So again, just want to share a quick high level, quick tip on something on the profit and loss statement that I noticed. And if you're looking at your own deals, you will find helpful. So have a good day and we'll see you on the next episode. Surprisingly, most of the agents we speak with got into real estate hoping to gain passive income and become work optional. However, only one in five ever start investing. Most are simply too afraid to start. Once you get educated by listening to this show, you'll be able to overcome that fear and become the one in five who are finding financial freedom. Don't miss a single episode. If you want to stay up to date, the best way is to make sure you're subscribed. So if you haven't done that, go ahead and do it now. And we'll catch you on the next episode.